It's time to give a shout out to one of our favorites in skincare, our new sponsor, Caldera Lab, backed by a leading clinical trial where nine out of 10 men experienced healthier and visibly improved skin. Caldera Lab has the tools to unlock your best first impression and confidence as we age. We may notice more fine lines, wrinkles, signs of aging. It's time to take control of your skin like I did with Caldera Lab. Today, we have an exclusive offer for our audience that you can try for yourself and see why so many men trust Caldera Lab for their skin care needs. Use code SPIKE911 at calderalab.com for 20% off their best products or just go to calderalab.com slash SPIKE911. Caldera Lab creates high-performance men's skincare products by combining pharmaceutical-grade science along with nature's purest and most potent ingredients. They are part of my morning, and they are part of my evening. Uh, get myself together. And you, you want to know why I look young? I'll tell you. I don't drink. I eat right. I exercise. And I use Caldera Lab. 20% off. With code SPIKE911 at calderalab.com. That's 20% off at calderalab.com by putting in the code SPIKE911. Take your skincare to the next level with Caldera Lab. And now, Hangar 56 Media presents Spike's Car Radio, a downloadable cars and coffee, hosted by writer, comedian, and automotive enthusiast Spike Ferriston. Now, here's Spike. Well, that song answers the question, what does Howie Mandel listen to when he drives? Well, (laughs) the difference is that I don't listen to that. I sing that. You sing that. It's me just uh, kind of... uh, understanding what's going on while I'm sitting there holding onto this wheel, <laughs> this machine. So You're I'm not lying. You actually do sing that when you drive? The wheel. You? Yes, <laughs> I do. I'm not a good driver. I'm the worst driver. You probably have had on this podcast. I am, I, I'll be totally honest with you. I love cars, but I love cars in a different way. I love cars um, like an uninformed Mm-hmm. person who likes art you know i go oh that's pretty that's cool what is that but i i do i, I like i will stop or i'll walk across a whole parking lot if i mm-hmm. see something that looks really cool yeah i don't know what the hell i'm looking at but i go that is just so cool that's a sculpture that's amazing what is that and i'm fascinated i'm i'm so fascinated by cars it's the it's these moving sculptures as far as i'm concerned you know and um and they're beautiful they they're beautiful and they don't know but sometimes they're incredibly ugly and sometimes like i'm fascinated by somebody who has like a honda accord yeah and then they got these you know and then they've done They've pro- it looks like they've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars to to put decals on it yes. and 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 uh, wings on the back and lifted the back and they've got these giant tires and I go if you had all this money why, why didn't you buy a, a nicer car <laughs> you know no, I'm not knocking Honda Accord but I'm just saying you tried to yeah. make a Honda Accord mm-hmm. look like uh, but that's I think 
this has always been my approach to cars, exactly what you just said. You know, you can, when I, when you say art expert, <clears throat> I don't really want to talk to an art expert or the people who are buying high-end art and hear their point of view on art. I, I like it when I go to a museum and there's somebody who went to college for art and might tell you an interesting story about a painting. But in, in the automotive world, I'm kind of the same way. I, I'm not an automotive journalist. I'm an enthusiast. I really like cars. I don't know why. I like to look at them. I like to learn about them. This this podcast is really, the real premise is me learning about the car world and talking to the people that get my attention in the car world and hearing what they have to say about things. So when you talk about your approach to a car, that's, I think, most people in the world. <laughs> Really? Right. Well, yeah, we. I don't know. I, I, feel... I mean, what you can you can get you can get on a granular level, and then that gets for me a little boring when you're talking about how the engine works. And but it's valid stuff for people who are mechanics and and dig that stuff. But I think for the vast majority of us, like a moment ago, we walked outside to look at this brand new Ferrari, two nine six GTB plug in electric Ferrari. Right now, you knew nothing about that car. Still don't. You still don't. <laughs> <laughs> but when you walked outside, describe what did you? Okay, did you so feel? this is what this is exactly. If I saw if if it wasn't your car and I walked out and I saw that in the parking lot, I promise you that I would walk over there before I got in my car and would walk around that and stare at that piece of art because it looks like it doesn't look real to me it looks like a movie prop doesn't it it looks like a transformer even the 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 color scheme on it and i'm colorblind so like i well know, what what color did it look like to you is it yellow colorblind? and black no it's gray and well with yellow highlights it's the uh the Ascento Fiorano package which apparently well, is Why did you say that that makes so much sense to me <laughs> I had to I had to look down and reference it but it's a, essentially a metallic gray with yellow uh highlights in the front But it back. looks to me it looks like a creature more than it looks mm -hmm. like a machine it yes. looks like a transformer it looks like it should um save the world or at least somebody who is who has the capacity to save the world should be taking that as a mode of transportation to uh, foil some sort of That's danger. Me. That's yes. me today. Spike. Saving the world. Saving the Wednesday with you. Well, thank you. And and having you here on the podcast. It's but even, and, and, and even with, uh, with my misunderstanding of what each and everything does, even right. the looking through the, um, the trunk of the car, you know, which is made to, right? It's, it's, uh, you can see through it. I, looking You're talking at the, about the engine compartment, yeah. which we lifted up. You don't up. call that a trunk? No, that wasn't a trunk. Uh, a it, trunk is like a storage compartment. That's I know, like, but I drive a Tesla and they call the front thing a frunk. The frunk. Yeah, yeah but uh, again, it's storage. It's storage. Well, you're storing your engine and your battery <laughs> and, you know, like, but, but it was kind of interesting to see even the color scheme and the carbon fiber. Well, yeah, there's an engine and then there's some big electric wires that look like flux capacitors together, sitting right. together in the same little Back area. Back to the future. Back to the future. And But that's what's, um, you just stare at it and I kind of enjoy mm -hmm. and uh, if you're an autophile you know you probably hate me for this but i love the ignorance i love just to i don't really care about what that does or that is the that's the battery connected to the the to the uh, 
piston engine or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't care. It's just gorgeous. Right. And I like to think of it as just a, a sculpture or a piece of art. And I don't want to know. I don't care to know what it does. I just, I don't know why I'm, I go to museums, I go to art museums and yep. I wander around. I don't even put in the, the, uh, earpieces that sometimes tell you what they are. My, my analogy to that was, you know, everybody talks about the, the Mona Lisa. And I remember going to France. Have you seen it? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so me it's too. tiny, right? It's like a baseball card. It's a little bit bigger than a baseball card, yeah, a but a, a Pokemon card. Yes. With a bigger po- feet of plastic over it. Right. Yeah. But the most disappointing moment in <laughs> as a tourist, yeah, you know, beyond the ability to talk about it on a car podcast, yes. But 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 what I'm saying is, everybody, sa- I don't really understand. You know, it's like we create value and we create what we believe is beautiful. We create that. It nothing is really valuable. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it is, but. It's man-made value. And I walked up to that and I went, like, if somebody painted that today and just finished it, i go, yeah, it's kind of a boring, shitty little <laughs> painting of a lady who's not that attractive. I, don't, I wouldn't put that in my house, right? Whereas there are cars that I would love in my driveway. Yeah. You know, your car today, I would love in my driveway. And I would love it in my driveway more than, and I have more interest in having it in my driveway than I have driving it. Right. Now, look, you Does and I have sense? way more in common about cars than you think. Way more in common. Well, you know stuff. I don't. But that's not what, everything you just said about a car is pretty much how I approach it. My primary approach to an automobile is how it looks from the outside. The aesthetic. Is this something pleasing that I want to see in my garage? Do I enjoy the walk back to the car after I go to the supermarket? Am I enjoying the way that looks? That's the first thing that I think of. Second is my experience driving it. And this is such an interesting car because it it forces you to ask a lot of questions about yourself, who you are as a car buyer. uh, How does this integrate into your life, really integrate into your life once the fantasy of owning a Ferrari wears off? And I can tell you there's some interesting things to this car because it gets about 15 miles all electric, which not a lot, but here's why it's significant to me. And I, and I mentioned this. In the morning when you start up a Ferrari or a Lamborghini, you wake up the neighborhood. Everybody gets pissed at you. You get a reputation really quickly. This thing, you, you just tap the steering wheel, the little Manatino, I think they call it on the steering wheel. All electric, you back out silently. You leave your neighborhood quietly. Which, can I just say something? which seems counterproductive to what I believe the uh, consummate Ferrari lover would want. Correct. But when I get down to sunset and make a left and head towards you, I turn on the track mode and there's the noise. It's there. It's right there. But that little piece of peace and quiet for your neighbors makes this car more approachable for me. Now, it's a little outlandish looking. It's a beautiful race car. It's essentially, listeners, a GT3 in the Ferrari world, a light and carbon fiber filled kind of race car, very stiff, sports seats. It's a very stiff ride. Your kidneys need to be healthy for it. But it is a delicious thing. I called my co-host up, uh, Zuckerman, who you may not know, and I said, this is something we may have to consider. And he said, how do you feel getting out of it? In other words, how old are you? 
Number one, I know. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Could you, Howie Mandel, drive that thing and get out of that car and feel okay about yourself? Would you be able to get past that little barrier? Uh, Personally, for me, at this point, I love to walk around it and look at it. So I'm not taking away any of the of the beauty and the artistry of what this car is. But the answer to your question is no, because, (laughs) and it's not even getting out of it. It's getting into it and being, and uh, if the windows aren't incredibly tinted so that nobody knows it's me and I don't feel the embarrassment because (laughs) it does scream, look at me. Yeah. 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 And look at me. And it's not so hard here in LA. What do you got? Well, you got a little cough there. I had a not real cough. I swallowed wrong. Uh, it, Which, you're in LA. You don't don't notice it. Everybody's driving weird things. You, you'd be surprised. Nobody's hardly paying attention to me in that car. Which is fine. I, I, I don't I, know. I don't know if you're a. You know. I, I think I had a couple of people take pictures of me on the. Well, okay. Bus. So if they are looking to the car and then they notice it's me, I don't want. I. How can that hurt you at this point in your career? It's not in my career. It's just that I'm incredibly self conscious. You are still. I, always. Why. Um, I, I, I suffer from, we've talked about this uh, off camera, but I, I have uh, mental health issues where I suffer from anxiety and, right. and uh, depression. And th- so I'm, I'm in my head too much and I have more narratives going on simultaneously than any, than is healthy. Yes. So that's just another narrative that I don't need. You know, where they're looking at me or look, I'm trying to show off or I'm Ah. trying to or, you know, that's a very valuable car. I don't I don't want to be driving my wallet around. You know, it's uh, what is it? You said that costs a half a million dollars. I think so. Well, even if it costs the when you have here's something I noticed because I get anxiety, too. And part of the reason I'm attracted to difficult uh, race cars with license plates is they require your attention behind the wheel, and because it has my attention, the mad monkey of my brain slows down. It gets quiet. It's a it's, it's a great distraction and keeps you in the moment. Yeah, especially old cars where you know you got to shift gears or you got to make sure you don't uh, stall it or it's difficult or you got to keep track of traffic. It's it doesn't have any sort of uh, crash protection. That can be a relaxing experience. Except that I also suffer from ADHD and <laughs> I am not a good driver. I can't focus. I, you can't. I actually no. I why not a- get a driver for you? Um, Why not be driven? So uh, I wanted a driver. My wife uh, denies, it says that this is, that's too pretentious. She doesn't want to be in a car with a driver. And then um, I said- She's not here now. Right. But she didn't want me to, uh, she just thought that was pretentious. And then she said, you know, we can't talk in the car. So I hired for one week, I hired a (laughs) deaf, I called the Deaf Institute (laughs) Does that sound horrible? But I hired somebody. I said to give them a job. They'd be a driver, a deaf person. So she would have privacy. But uh, it was so frustrating, screaming. I said, Westwood. I said, Westwood. I didn't, because I don't sign or. You're not lying. No. No, you're no. telling the truth. Yeah. So so anyway, the, the point, 
point. What kind of car did the deaf person drive you in? Uh, well, we've had a. F- it was just, I don't remember what car that was. We have a, a bunch of. I've had a few cars that I'll give you. I'll tell you about my driving experiences. I did have a Ferrari. Yes. Which uh, my wife uh, took away from me. Well, I'm not allowed to <laughs> drive anything uh, that that is a standard transmission anymore. <laughs> Why? Because I'll, I'll give you one example. It was actually the Ferrari. Um, we got home. Yeah. We pulled into the driveway, and I I, I finished. I got out and went into the house. It was I, I neutral. I don't know. I don't know what it was in. It wasn't in gear. It wasn't in. I hadn't finished, mm-hmm. and I heard my wife screaming from the car as it rolled backwards off the driveway, across the cul-de-sac, and into the neighbor's fence. <laughs> so I'm not allowed to drive standard. That anymore. that happens to everybody. That's happened to me. It's, ha- it's happened to everyone. I took flying lessons, and yes. the oh, uh, pilot crazy. said, "Please stop. You <laughs> you don't have the acumen for this. You have to really. You got to focus, Howie. You can't yeah. just you look at the pretty cloud and <laughs> a bird and a, You are not a pilot for sure. I'm not a driver. No, I you always- are a driver. And and it's getting back to being driven at this point. I mean, who you are. There, you know who Jason Blum is, uh, Blumhouse, of course. right? He's got a driver, so he can do work in the car. He can, yeah. he, he can, he he's got a uh, an edit uh, machine. He's got one of these, and then he's got a TV screen in the back of his limo, and he edits while he's driven around by some stoner kid who he doesn't care. He's got a little uh, privacy divider, and he puts it up. He can't hear anything that's going. So I had a limo for a while. Yeah. I, so I bought into a limo. This was terrible. I've never had good. Uh, so because I, uh, 99% of where I go, yeah. I am driven just because if it's somebody else hiring me. Right. Uh, because of my issues, I am um, a recluse. I stay at home. I don't go that many places. When we go out, my wife does the driving. Um, and then uh, when, you know, I drove here today. But uh, I I. Uh, so one years ago, uh, I, I we already knew this. I hired a limo driver who became kind of friendly with me, and he said, "This is a good business. Why don't you just buy the limo? It'll be there for your use with me whenever you need it. And when you don't need it, it's like chartering a plane. You know, the limo can go into service." So I bought the limo. The first night I bought the limo, the guy calls me. He goes, can I sleep at your house? I go, what? He goes, can I sleep at your house? I go, what do you mean? He goes, I have a pickup at 4 a.m., two blocks from where you live. I go, no, 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 I don't want the, how do I, honey, the driver, Neil, and he's going to get up at four. I'm going to hear him go out the door at four in the morning for his airport run. For your new limo business. So anyway, we ended up, and then the, the, the crux was one night we're watching America's Most Wanted. Yeah. And uh, there was this guy that was swindling middle-aged ladies out of all their money, and they were looking for him, and they put up the picture, and it was my <laughs> limo partner. So we got rid of him, and then I had the limo. I had a full-size limo in my driveway, which was embarrassing enough, and I didn't know where to, I would drop the kids off at school. I would oh, drive. fantastic. I would drive the limo. Yeah. But we got rid of the, the limo. I would think that you wouldn't even entertain... Neil, the limo driver, because other people in a car of yours, forget it. 
with everything that I know about you. And, and Except that I was always, you know, as you know, in any show, when you go to right. a show, they send a limo. They, or right. they send- no, no, but that's not what I'm saying. You in the limo business and even driving periodically in a car that might have a bunch of yahoos in it on a Saturday night smoking and, and throwing up and drinking. Do you but he told I'm me, saying? yeah, yeah, except he told me, like, listen, I, I vet all the, uh, <laughs> the our customers and we'll keep it clean and we'll keep it spotless. And I do like the idea <laughs> that my- You didn't, didn't vet Neil, though. <laughs> I didn't. I, I thought I, he did, right. And, he and, was swindling your wife and, and you. And my entrepreneurial spirit outweighs my creative spirit. I see. So, you know, I thought, oh, Matt, now I got free limo service for life. I yep. have a driver yeah. and I'm making money yes. doing it. That's yeah. not how it worked. I had a, a sleepover play date. Right. And a... Uh, but what you do is you do it simpler, right? Forget the limo idea. Okay. Forget the town car idea. You get, you get the new Range Rover. Right, the autobiography or something. It's just a nice SUV. You can drive it by yourself. If you want someone to drive, they can just show up and drive you in it. And it functions two ways. It's simple. It's a simpler uh, notion for you. Yeah, I just don't. We kind of. I mean, it doesn't seem like it, but I'm very low. <laughs> My wife and I have been married so we, for 43 years. Yeah. I'm very low uh, maintenance as far as we don't want a lot of people. Right. We don't want a lot of people working. Right. I mean, if if I could, I would do my own lawn, but I don't. But right. she doesn't even want the gardeners there. Hmm. That, so, well, you know. What? Don't you find that you're attracted uh, at our age, I would say? Once you get, once you get past 50, don't right. you like working in the yard? I work in the yard all the time. I see some of my neighbors working in their yard. I like some, going some in the yard. Some are very big TV stars, and they're out... Trimming the flowers. And the- you know what I find? I find that I go in the yard <laughs> a nice. lot. Well, it, it, yeah, but I'm very different. I will go in the yard. Yes. I will spend time in the yard. Right. Not doing anything. And then I realize I'm not doing anything and I'm, I look, but it's my yard. But I just stand in the yard and I'll stare. I think it's because I'm medicated. I, I think I, it's because I'm medicated. I'm not clipping anything. I'm not uh, arranging anything. I'm it's, not even doing anything. You understand that staring moment is something that uh, doctors and psychologists are telling people to do now. I didn't they turn know off their phones and computers every morning and sit for 10 minutes in the quiet in your backyard. I'm not and meditating. Just, and just stare. No, just sit and listen to the birds and stare. They're literally saying this just to give your brain a rest in the morning. Thank you for that info. I'm I just heard my, as my friend from New York, that comedian guy from New York, just uh, revelatory, called me and said, you're not going to believe this, this new thing I'm doing. I'm sitting in the backyard and I'm just staring. Really? You're saying it too. It's good for you. It's good to be oh. totally turned off. We've forgotten how to be bored and to have these little boring moments where you're doing nothing. And look, you're insecure about it, but it's really a natural state. I go comatose. I go, I do, <laughs> with my eyes open. Great. I'm just, I didn't know. That was great. Well, thank you. What a revelation. I think that's just being bored, good old fashioned bored. Do you remember that? Do you know where well, I'm I used- always bored? I used to do most of my writing on the, in, in the subway in New York. I'd be sitting there bored stiff on a 45-minute ride, and I would write jokes. And I started handing them in to Dennis Miller, and suddenly I was a writer because I was bored. I was in a creative state. My brain turned off, and it started working. Yeah, I get bored really easy. I'm not good on vacation. Vacations are. Yeah, well, well, that's uh, hard for everybody. That's is it? Work. Yeah. I think a lot of people, they always show me those, uh, those huts over the water in Bali. <laughs> 
And to me, that looks like a nightmare. That doesn't look like <laughs> it is, it, it, you know, and they go and they'll tell you, you know, everything. There's no TV and there's no there's nothing. And you're just out there on yeah. the water. Yeah. And I go, well, you know, that was it's 48 it. hours. The beach is designed for 48 hours max. Anything past that is the lie of the beach resort. The beach people are lying to us. See, that's another thing. When I go to the resort, I don't I, I don't even like to go to the beach. I don't like the it's, beach. It's boring. And uncomfortable. And uncomfortable. Yeah, there, there's sand. There's like just filth. We spend our whole life sweeping and dusting. Yes. And clearing away. And then when everything's all clean, you pack your bags and you go sit in a giant What are you supposed of- to do? Get skin cancer? I, there's nothing to do at a beach. Right. And I don't... It used to be we would sit there and focus on darkening our skin, but we can't do that anymore. Are, are so you old then, enough to remember when they when you put like baby oil on and you had a reflector? Yes. That's what you did. And it was so there was something to do at the beach, right? right. The, be, the most fun I've had in five years at the beach was just making sure a bunch of kids didn't drown. <clears throat> like all the parents were up at the bar and they and I and I don't drink so they said uh, will you watch the kids at the beach. I used to go to Florida as a kid my parents it. used to take me to Florida and it, the, uh, from the moment I walked on the beach they said watch out for the jellyfish watch <laughs> out for the current there's a riptide it was just I I just sat in fear with sand in my ass. Yes. The, there was no joy in the beach. This is one of these big lies that's about to be exposed. I think we might be doing it right now. The so we're supposed people, to just be uh, in our backyard staring at nothing. The beach and resort people are lying to us. It's not that good. It's 36 hours. Come for a day and then you'll be fine. Do you go on vacation? Not really. No, I don't. I don't. Eat, uh, I, I went, I've been going skiing lately and even that uh, I'm, I'm doing one day. I play tennis. That's what I'm doing. I'm learning how to play tennis well. Not pickleball? I hate pickleball. It's I, a cop-out for me. I, I like to work out. I like to sweat. I like to get in You don't shape. sweat when you're playing pickleball. I refuse to even go near. Uh, to me, that is a cruise ship sport. And I, even calling it a sport is ridiculous. Do you play? No, I've never <clears> played, but yeah. I hear that that's all the rage. Here. Yeah. No, but I have friends. They've got good social media. None of them are in shape, your friend. I think television has actually adopted it, right? Isn't there a pickleball? I think it's on ESPN or someplace. I saw, I, I think I passed it on a yes. channel. So it's made, it's televised. It's like a virus that's infecting the tennis world. That's how, that's how I look at pickleball. Even the Can name. I just say something as yeah. somebody who is a host of a podcast? <laughs> I wouldn't knock pickleball because they, they probably have good sponsorship deals. This is brought to you, but I don't know who their paddles are made by. Or... <laughs> if they buy, they buy ads on the show, I'll start saying nice things about them. But look, tennis, you're running. There's a lot of learning you have to do and you can play to like you're 95. And I absolutely love it. My son I know plays, my buddy. and and we we uh, we get out there uh, four or five times a week, and we have a great time. It's How old's your son? Thirteen. Oh wow, so thirteen. You... He's just starting out. He got me into it. Yeah, and I, I and did I play it. tennis when I was young. I haven't played in a long time. I have a tennis court. You do? I do. Wow. You I didn't do. tell people like me that because I'm come on I, over. I'm going to be coming over to your house. I want somebody to use it. <laughs> do you right. have a separate entrance? To the tennis court? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that always mean? helps when you have interlopers like me. Our next partner is Athletic Greens. As you know, I take AG1 by Athletic Greens every day. I gave it a try because I wanted increased energy. 
I needed to take my vitamins. I was tired of all the pills, all the bottles everywhere. I just wanted to do one thing after I brush my teeth, and AG1 is it. It makes me feel unstoppable, ready to take on my day, ready to go, ready to get on the court, ready to chase the kids, ready to do shows. It's all AG1 for me. You know, it's hard for me to keep up with the supplement routine that comes with all these different products, not with AG1. Why take a bunch of different things when you can just mix one single scoop of powder and water once? That's it. Once a day. AG1 was designed with ease in mind so you can live healthier and better without having a lot to do. So if you want to live that way, live better, quicker, faster, if you're looking for that easy way to take supplements... In one simple move, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. That vitamin D, your doctor's going to notice it. That physical, he's going to go, hey, your vitamin D level's fine. Go to athleticgreens.com slash spike911, athleticgreens.com slash spike911, and check it out. All right, back to the show. Let's get back to cars. What What are you driving then? What, what is Tesla? And so it's a Model S, I'm guessing, yes. right? Yes, And the reason I love my Tesla, it is kind of Howie-proof in the sense that you really don't have to look out the window. There's a lot right. of bells and whistles that go off when it takes its, when, when you know, just destiny takes its course. Um, I can get out of it and, I don't, and into it without turning it on or turning it off. I don't do anything. It virtually just takes me places. I don't do even have to the, park it. Do you use the self-driving? Yes. And has that been safe? Why is the, for those that are just listening, when he said the self-driving, he did a little finger like it would like kind of look like a, like kind of a sexual, <laughs> it was, it was, I didn't know if that like was. Like a fingering. Is yeah, what self-driving. It's like pleasuring yourself. I was it. double clicking the stock, which turns it on. That's how you. Oh, how not you on the it. S. Oh yeah, the S is just a button on the on the steering wheel. <laughs> yes, it's this. Okay, that. Okay, different uh, sexual gesture. Yeah, but Boom. do you use it? Have you had a good experience? Yes. yes. And my experience with the uh, self driving is when I use the self driving is especially living here in Los Angeles with traffic as it is. Um, when you are on the freeway and your top speed is probably 10 miles an hour and mm -hmm. it's stop and go, <laughs> put on the self-driving and just sit back and enjoy yourself. Right. And it'll go, and, and instead of pumping the gas and the brake and seeing when they look forward, it's just kind of, it, it does it for you. So I enjoy self-driving in quagmires at low speeds. And I think that's when it serves us best. There's no reason to be going 80 miles an hour and having the car. When you hear all the criticism that it's dangerous, what do you even, I don't relate to that in any way. I don't. And I think that it's kind of ridiculous. If you have a, like, if you have a, a, a clear path ahead of you and you can go at whatever speed you want. Why are you, why are you, why do you want to relegate it to the car to do it? Like I, I, you understand why in stop and go traffic, I would let the car do that. Right. That makes sense. And that seems to make sense to me. It doesn't make sense if I, you know, I, I'll drive late at night. I like driving fast. I, I take my car up to 
sometimes it's limits. Yes. You know, well over a hundred miles an hour. I can't imagine doing that and letting it, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable if that was self-driven at that speed. Right. Right. Well, it's <clears throat> a driver's aid. I, I mean, the biggest criticism is it shouldn't be called self-driving because the car isn't self-driving. It's a driver's aid. But I always point out that when cruise control was invented, right, the car is going to cruise at a certain speed on the highway and you set it. But you got to hit the brakes if you drive into the back of the truck. You got to right. pay attention. You've got to babysit the system. This is the same type of system, no matter what you call it. Yet, if you're intelligent... Did you sign the waivers for the self-driving? You, you click all the boxes on there when they have the software update. Did you Did you read yeah, that I, stuff? I didn't read everything, but but what? But what, you understood this car is not going to drive you. You've got to pay attention here. Well, not only that. Now, do, do you know it, it? It constantly tests you. Do you know that? There's a there's now a test. At least in the Tesla, is is, is Tesla the only one that has this? What's uh, the test? Describe the test. Um. I think like every so often it tells you, I'll, I'll give you an example. It, 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 uh, it tells you to put the hand it, it oh, wants on, the to steering make sure, on the steering wheel. Right. Right. If you don't, if you, if you miss that, it'll punish you. It does punish you. Yes. You know that? Yes, of course. I have a model Y. It says oh. it's now, you don't get to use it now until next drive, until you learn how to do this. Until you learn how to do that. But yeah. if you do that three times in a row, yeah. you can't even have it on the next drive. I mean, I don't know. I oh, really? I, I, I thought, I feel like it's yelling at me. <laughs> Tesla's yelling at me. So. Uh, <laughs> I think they're marvelous. And I, and I, that little feature has really improved my life when I'm in that car. Because, you know, this, this 405, you're exactly right. You pop it, you keep an eye on it, you can relax. There yeah. are moments when I get off the tennis court, and I'm sorry I'm talking about tennis again. You know I love tennis, where my knee is killing me. And when I have my foot on the uh, accelerator and it's it's crooked like this, I'm in a lot of pain right really? after I play. Yeah, I got to get out and stretch for a second. I'm, uh, I've got an injury that I'm that I'm fixing. But I turn on that uh, self-driving. I can straighten my leg out for a second. And then there you go. Did I do it again? He's doing his, he's doing his, uh, <laughs> like he's tickling the little man in the boat. <clears throat> All right. Wait, we're running out of time here. I've got so many questions for you. Go ahead. I'm going to run way out of time. All right. Um, one thing I think about when I think of Howie Mandel, and I think I know the answer to this, but I wanted to just ask you, what, what is your, what are you right now? What are you primarily in this business? Would you say that first and foremost that you were a stand-up comedian or first and foremost, you were the host of America's Got Talent or one of the hosts? First and foremost, in my own mind, yes, a comedian, a comedian, but a very frustrating. It's what's frustrating for me, not frustrating, but I also know that in the eye of the public, I would say a good portion of the public doesn't even know I do comedy because I was more prevalent doing stand up comedy publicly on and when I say publicly I mean on cable and on TV in the 80s so there's a whole generation that knows deal or no deal AGT even Bobby's world that has no idea I do stand up yeah so are you, are you still doing it right now I, still I did it I was in uh, in this week I did Florida and Texas I'm not shooting specials I'm not uh why not? Doing why, why, why aren't you doing that? 
I, to be totally honest, I, I don't have an interest in recording it. I love stand up. Right. And I love standing in front of an audience and getting that reaction. I love coming up with a funny idea and then seeing it to fruition, like when I was a kid. Um, I don't know what. What do you like to talk about in your act, in your current act? Are you writing a new act every couple of years? I'm writing. You- uh, I don't have to. That's that's that comes out of um, dumping it on Netflix or right. HBO. No, so the answer to that is no. Right. But I am writing all the time, and I'm always doing something. Whatever is, and I talk about what's in the moment. I don't talk about politics. I don't talk about. It's just the silliness of life in the moment, you know, of whatever's happening there in that room or on my trip or with my family. Or now I'm talking about how I'm trying to readjust to uh, normal life since the pandemic, because the pandemic hit us all really hard. But I, I started doing things in the pandemic that I had never done before, like even buying underpants online or <laughs> taking care of myself, you know, cause I, I had never read, you know, uh, up until wearing uh, a hazmat suit. Yes. <laughs> or, you know, like uh, it's not, uh, you know, uh, my health is fine, but at this age we have, there's higher maintenance involved. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, up until 2020 was scheduled for certain things that uh, somebody in their 60s does. Like, I was afraid to go in and get a colonoscopy because I just didn't want to go into any medical facility. So, uh, like an idiot, I uh, I saw the commercial for Colaguard. Do you know what that is? Yeah, the dancing poop bucks. <laughs> yes. That's why you're a great writer. That's, a great, that's so eloquent. But I, I called it a to-go box, <laughs> you know? So I ordered that. Right. And I, um, I, I was trying to be responsible. I pooped in the box. And then- Can I, you just order the box? Don't you need a doctor involved? Or Yeah, I told the doctor to- Send the box. Send the box. So they sent the box and you have to mail the box. Yeah. And I didn't want to, I, I felt like I, I need to be more responsible than just dropping- my my box in the mailbox. So I, I went to the post office. I live in the San Fernando Valley. It's 110 degrees. I'm standing there with a box of my own feces. Yeah. And uh, so these are the kind of things I talk to, and the, you know, just a wafting of 110 degrees with my little package. I'm hooked in. When can I come see this? Are you going to play the clubs here in Hollywood? I do. I drop in all the time. I would love to see that. Will you let me know next time? Yeah, I will let you know yeah. next time. But I, I always drop in. But, I, I, you know, I'm one of the um, uh, partners in something called JFL, you know, Just for Laughs, yep. which is, the I think, the... The uh, comedy festival for new talent, right? And everybody, you know, anybody who's anybody, Jerry has mm-hmm. played there or done it. A mm-hmm. few times, a lot of people were discovered out of there. Yep. You know, uh, um, Chappelle and Kevin Hart kind of give us uh, credit for their launches. Um, so I just came. I did their. Uh, we're now acquiring. Uh, most people know it as in Montreal in the summer, but it's also we have. We're in Australia. We just did one at the O2 in London. Uh, Ryan Reynolds headlined that and. Um, 
I just came in from Austin, Texas. So we did the moon tower just for last festival. So I just played the Paramount theater there and I was just in Florida. I play casinos and theaters. I don't play so much locally. Locally. What I do is I'll drop in on all these clubs from the laugh factory to the comedy store to, you know, uh, supernova which is a outdoor comedy club just to if i have an idea during the right, day just right. to know whether it's it works it's feasible and do you do the do you work on a pad do you write or do you just right off the top of your head have it so i do i talk about this so i i uh, have a tendency to have an idea and what i do is i text myself an idea and then i send that text i write it out and then i'll email it to me and then I have all these emails in file folders. But what has happened to me, I talked about this. So I was talking about like the underpants. I thought, because I'd never bought underpants <laughs> online. <laughs> and I, I, what I realized was I didn't, I, uh, when I bought underpants, there was no, there's no reading. There's no, right? Like you go to, I would, would go to Old Navy and buy a three pack. Yep. You know, it comes in white, black, and red. I'll mm -hmm. take these or three whiteies, three mm -hmm. tidy, and just buy them. Just buy underpants. It was just out of necessity, not any. But it, whatever you buy on Amazon, there's always something to read. Mm -hmm. And I, it was the first time I actually read, I got informed about my underpants. I bought moisture wicking underpants, which uh, I'll be honest with you, at I did not know. First of all, I don't. I don't. Like I don't even know what we're talking about. What What is moisture wicking? Mean? See that you're with me. Yeah. So first of all, I don't like the word moisture. No. And especially when it has to do with my underpants. <laughs> like you know, if if you're talking about the humidity and the weather, and it's there's such moisture in the air, that's okay. I don't like that word, but not with my underpants. <laughs> And wicking, I don't know what it is. That sounds like witchcraft or wicked. What what are those wicking? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I didn't want witchcraft and moisture <laughs> together in my underpants. So I, I I didn't write a routine, but I I emailed to myself because I thought there could be something mm -hmm. to be said or talked about. The fact that um, if my underpants were ever moist. I would like them off. I'd like them burned. I don't want them wicked. And I emailed that to myself, right? To work on this routine, to drop yeah. in at clubs. The issue is that I never received the email. So I, and I don't know who I sent that to. But somebody, somebody has an email from Howie Mandel. It's just an informative, bizarre email from me, which they didn't answer said if my underpants are ever moist don't wick them burn them or discard them and that's all it says from me from you yeah so can you imagine if you got like if you got that now that i've explained that i was trying to work yeah. on a routine it it's kind of i've given you context but without context it's disturbing right and it's i possibly think, a complaint right and i'm concerned that somebody 
Somebody. And this has been what do you, do you, eight months. Are you telling this story on stage? Because this is the story I, I do tell hear. this you on do. stage. Yes, ex- probably uh, much more eloquently than I'm telling it to you right now. But I'm also telling it on your podcast in hopes <laughs> <laughs> that this, this, that somebody this, listening, please, it was me. And now, oh, and now it makes sense. It was a routine because my fear is that somebody's out there. I'm always embarrassed. Right. And that's what I talk about most. Well, that you want me to I was going to I was going to okay. ask you this question because most it seems like most modern stand up and younger stand ups are very confessional now and and the more that you can open up about your problems uh, you know John Mulaney and his alcoholism the more this generation really loves you do you do you do that has your act evolved into that or were absolutely you al- or were you always ahead of the curve doing it. I don't know that I was ever ahead of the curve. I, I don't think I was a... But you're uh, very open and honest with your struggles. But I was always open and honest, but people didn't realize that that was an honesty and an openness. I don't know if you're aware of my stand-up in the early 80s. Well, there but, was... I remember the, the, the glove on Okay, so the glove on my head. <laughs> As a writer, how would you write that? But, but I... I <laughs> The truth of the matter is, uh, you know, I got on stage on a dare. It wasn't right. a pursuit mm-hmm. and uh, of a career. And on... And you were 12. 23. Eh, close. Yeah. But anyway, I, I got on stage at, uh, in the late 70s. And uh, when I got on stage, I thought that was going to be the joke because they dared me to get up and do something. And I thought if somebody goes, ladies and gentlemen, Howie Mandel, that'll be that's funny because there's no reason for Howie Mandel Mm -hmm. to be on stage, Mm -hmm. which I think there are plenty of people that agree with that still. (laughs) But but uh, the the uh, when I got on stage after that moment, I don't think of ramifications, you know, and after that moment of. I saw the microphone, you know, I'd already been the, the smattering of applause had ended and I saw faces on strangers just staring at me, waiting for me to deliver. And I had uh, honestly, absolutely nothing. And I've always copped to that in the fact that what happened is the, the fear just flowed through every ounce of my body, everything. And I wanted to, and I started going, okay, okay, okay. All right, all right, all right. Oh, okay. Listen, to the, and and that my panic started making people giggle, and then uh, when they giggled, I would go, "What? What? What? Tell me what?" And then I put my hands in my pocket because I had nothing to do, and I always carried rubber gloves because of my OCD. And if I was out in public, I I put on gloves to go to the public restrooms. And I had a glove and I was just so panicked. I just, okay, okay, okay. And I just pulled it over my head. I was really out of terror looking for a little hiding place in public. Wow. And I pulled it over my head and I started breathing with the fingers and the audience started roaring. So I blew it up with my nose and I popped it off my head and they all applauded. And I uh, felt that that was a good moment to go, good night. And I said, <laughs> I said, good night. And I walked off the stage and they were roaring. And uh, the owner of the club, Mark Breslin, is Yuck Yucks in Toronto. You got to come back tomorrow. And I said, for what? <laughs> what am I going to do? He goes, do the same thing. I go, I don't know what I did. I was just terrified. And, I, and that's where I learned for myself to kind of talk about and act like I feel instead of I'm the opposite of Jerry, who I uh, 
greatly admire because he is the uh, the king of discipline. Yeah. And I kind of wanted to just, in my mind, for me, just go with the flow. I don't sit and write, per se. Right. He does. No, I don't. I'm just laughing too hard, so my nose is running. It's time to talk about every plate. Are you looking to budget your food expenses ahead of summer? Get more bang for your bite with America's Best Value Meal Kit. Every plate is 25% cheaper than grocery shopping. No hidden fees. So you can count on great value week after week, plus only pay for what you need with pre-portioned ingredients. You know what I'm talking about, right? We all have our favorite supermarkets now because nine out of ten of them are charging us 50 bucks for peanut butter. Not every plate. Choose every plate over takeout to save money while still enjoying quick, satisfying meals. Their meals are 50% cheaper than your average fast casual meal. Do you get what I'm saying? Everything comes in the box. It all just comes in the box, mailed to your door. Uh, swap proteins, sides. The, the, it's, it's the whole deal. It's got the little recipe card there. It's become an event in our house. Do you know why? Because Erica cooks. We don't have to think. Five nights a week, we don't have to think. She's just rolling out these restaurant dishes. And, uh, and needless to say, we're saving money. We're saving money. Every plate provides plenty of variety. You won't get stuck in a rut. 26 tasty and affordable recipes, 22 sides, snacks, and desserts, and more. I can't speak more highly of this product. So get $1.49 per meal. That's it by going to everyplate.com slash podcast and entering code SPIKE. Here's a different one, 149. Spike 149, spike 149, spike 149, $1.49 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering the code spike149. That's everyplate.com slash podcast, code spike149. That's up to $110 value. Do it. You're going to love it. Your wife is going to love it. Your stomach's going to love it. Let's get back to Howie Mandel. Okay. So I've always, so I don't have that manic feeling anymore, but I'm always talking about the crap that happens to me. Right. And I'm finding that there is a, people relate because um, I think we all feel incredibly out of place and uncomfortable. Do you, do you feel pressure to do the glove? Do you ever do the glove? I don't do These it anymore. Days, do no. people yell out? Yeah, uh, not anymore. They don't know I'm a comedian. They really Well, when don't. you're on stage, you're you're doing comedy. But we, even the people that are seeing me, they come to see and that's also a problem. They come and see the guy from AGT or right, Deal or right, No right, Deal right. and I always say don't bring young people because I don't edit myself and I could veer into, you know, adult material because mm-hmm. I love which kind of got taken away. I love the freedom of being able to like flow and just kind of go with the, with the flow. And I don't want to be worried about minors in the audience. That's great. Well, that's a show, man. We just did a show. I've got way more questions, but I, but I, I'm going to have to have you back. All right. I would love to have you review a car one day. I would love to review a car and drive it and just tell me what you think of it. I would maybe, be uh, be very. Uh, I would love to. You'd be great. I would love to, as long as uh, 
I'm I'm afraid I'll crash. <laughs> That's all right. Press cars are meant to crash. Really? Press cars are meant to beat on. Yes. We well, we, well, them. Can I, we can destroy I, them. Can I can I tell you something? Yeah. I don't know that you did something that will serve you right now because I know that this car that you're driving today, yeah. that Ferrari, is a yeah. press car, right? It is. And they've given it to you because yes. Ferrari wants you to speak on it. No, they pro- just want me to experience it. I think you're being a little altruistic. It doesn't, it doesn't, no. There are actually a lot of rules that come with a Ferrari press car. But you just said they want you to crash it. Yeah, they they, Hearing that, are you going to have a car next week? (laughs) If any of these people that supply you with your cars. I am uh, very lucky that I'm in a small circle of people that are are allowed to drive Ferraris because I do take care of my press cars. I'm, uh, while press cars are meant to be tested on the track and they do crash, I, I've never knock on whatever this is. I've never abused one, and I've never. Uh, is it one. not abusive to say to Howie Mandel, <laughs> "I would love to have you come on"? After I told you that I have no, I didn't uh, say this spent, car. I wouldn't any give car. You, I I'm wouldn't saying give you whoever car. whose car would you have me drive? Uh, Acura, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> have they given you a car in a long time? In, uh, Toyota. I don't ask for them, but. <laughs> They're not going to give it. Don't say out loud. At, at, <laughs> Hyundai? Would you review a Hyundai? You know what I just bought? What? And I love, I bought an F-150. Really? A truck? Hybr- a hybrid. Yes. The Lightning? Yes. Well, the, Or the full electric or no. a hybrid pickup truck? The hybrid pickup truck. Good for you. They're yeah. great. That's the that's the that's the most selling vehicle I think in America is the yeah. Ford F-150. And right? I love it. I they love sell one every truck. half a second. And look, you have one. I bought one. I have one. And I love it. I, I, I always look for a reason. I say to people, are you moving? <laughs> I have a truck. How do you use that truck? Uh, I mean, seriously, how do you use it? I know you can just drive it by yourself, but what have you thrown in the back of that truck? Um, furniture. I have, I, you know, I move things around and uh-huh. furniture, art. I buy art. If we're going to shop for a big thing, plants, um, bikes. I, I I drove those bikes. You saw me on the the electric uh, in, bikes. Yeah, yeah. Where so, you do your uh, your casting for your show, right? <laughs> the Malibu bike uh, path, I right? Believe. But I don't ride from here to Malibu, so I'll put it in the back of the truck. Fantastic. Do you have a little ramp? Do you push it up the back? How do you get them in the back of the truck? I have a, a plank of wood. I do. Uh, just piece of wood. It's not really a ramp. Wow, you're just a do-it-yourself guy. I no, like I, I'll call three people up to help me <laughs> tie it down and give me the bungee cord. And then do how it. do you get it off when you get to Malibu? Taking things off is easy, but then back on, I call my son. My son. So is he very meets handy. you on the bike path to put it to to put him back on. Sometimes. No, I didn't have to. I didn't have to do that much with the bikes. The bikes. They are heavy. I, yeah, but I just take the piece of wood and roll it up the the Look ramp, you. and I, I do the. That. It's putting a bike in the back of a. I love that you're praising me for putting a a bike. Yeah, no, most people wouldn't do this. Why? I don't know. Well, I don't live in a place where I ride bikes around, and I like to go to the beach and it's ride. Fantastic! The bike. I it is fully fantastic. support this. All right, I'm just saying. And most- I love my I love my my truck, and I also bought the truck because you know it's got the generator in it that if the power goes out in the house, I could plug the house, and I don't know how much of power uh-huh. I would get. But it could... You seem like a guy, you know, you've got this hologram booth and everything else. You seem like at the house you'd have solar panels and all sorts of gizmos. No, no. no. But I love technology. I love it, again, from afar or to see what I can do with it or somebody I know help me do something with it. Right. I always want... I, I, I love it. 
and I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of so many different things and know so little about so many different things. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not an expert on it's anything. It's fascinating, Howie Mandel. Am I fascinated? I think one, you're the nicest guy in show business. I think the Canadian could have a big part of that. And then you've got a nice Howie Mandel sandwich right on top. And you're just jamming. You're one of these guys who, like a Harrison Ford, you're just going to go right to the end. Oh. Right? Well, I, Right I, to the end. I come. I, we're here at your office here. There are a million things going on. You've got studios all over the place. You've got the podcast. You've got America's Got Talent. You're just always working. And did you ever think you'd be working at this age? And still as at maybe at the height of your fame no. as you are right no. now? No, and I never thought, uh, not only w- did I not think I'd be working, I didn't think I'd be doing, there is nothing that I'm doing that I ever dreamed of doing that I even knew existed, including stand-up comedy. I, right. I didn't think as a, you know, a middle-class kid growing up in suburban Toronto that I'd have any entree into show business. Right. And even when I went up on stage at Yuck Yucks, I thought, okay, so this is just something I can do a couple times a week, like people get together and play cards or have a, a basketball game at the Y. Or I didn't think I was going to make a living doing it. It's unbelievable. Well, More to me than anybody else. It's incredible. You're one of those guys. Thank you. You're one of those guys. Well, I, I, I can't wait to see where this is going, Howie Mandel. This podcast? No, you. Oh, okay. No, I'm genuinely inspired by you. I'm always you. inspired by guys like you. Well, I hope we get a chance to work together in many different facets. We have to. I want to. There's a writer's strike uh, coming up. <laughs> it's I happen. might not be able to write next week. I know. I think it is going to happen. But you can so always talk and you can always think. Let's let's do something. Okay. We'll talk when we uh, wrap up here. All right. We'll see you next week. Spikes Car Radio. Thanks for listening to Spikes Car Radio. Brought to you by Hangar 56. Listen to new episodes every Wednesday. And be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.